When father of three, Daniel Halseth, went missing in Las Vegas, Nevada in April 2021, family and friends immediately suspected something was wrong. The adventurous executive had a reputation for being reliable and active on social media, so he'd never go off the grid. Relatives became more concerned when they realized his 16-year-old daughter, Sierra, also disappeared. A gruesome discovery at the Halseth home soon triggered a cross-state manhunt and sent the entire Halseth family into a tailspin. You're listening to Bad Axe Podcast. And welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka, and this is our co-host. Hey, I'm Aaron. Bad Axe is part of the amazing Pod Moth Network. If you have not already, please check out their website for other amazing podcasts. We are so lucky to be a part of the network and just grateful to be included amongst such amazing podcasts. Today we are doing a super recent case from last month, April 2021, and you might be thinking, Danielle, is there enough information about such a recent case to do an entire episode? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, there is a ton of information about this case, and we are so excited to bring it to you today. Now, because it's so recent, we want to note that the suspects in the crime we're going to be talking about today aren't convicted of anything yet. The police have built an amazing case against them. I think you'll know what we mean after we do the podcast. And all statements that we will be saying today, though, are going to be considered our opinions. I want to put that in quotes, which are, again, based on police statements and news reports about the crime. But yeah, I guess just imagine that we are saying allegedly... (laughs) constantly we're not gonna do it but it's an implied allegedly 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 now before we start i just wanted to do a quick note that if you would like to support our show please consider signing up for our patreon at www.patreon.com backslash pod we already have some exclusive bonus content there but we are also going to be posting some new exciting things this month which is May 2021. Membership starts at just a dollar, so totally worth it. And also, if you would just like to keep it simple and buy us a coffee, you can totally do that at buymeacoffee.com at backslash badxpod. Now let's dive into our story. We are going to Las Vegas, Nevada in April 2021. This April, 45-year-old Daniel Halseth was living a life that many people would envy. Tall and fit, the father of three maintained a very youthful look, and he very much enjoyed showing it off by posting selfies, including mirror selfies, on his social media. He had a fresh hairstyle, like one of those magazine dude hairstyles that you see, tan skin, which I think looks a little bit like he did some bottle tanning, and piercing eyes. So he was meticulous about his look. He really wanted to Uh make sure he was was looking good, basically. Yes, and I think his looks were definitely an investment that he chose to make in himself based on his selfies. And he also enjoyed posting photos of himself doing outdoor activities. That was a big hobby for him. And many of his posts show him with his youngest child, daughter, Sierra Houseth. 
The pair sometimes posed together, but Daniel also enjoyed sharing old photos and videos reminiscing about his growing daughter's childhood. In addition to spending time outside, Daniel enjoyed playing music, and at one point he earned the nickname Drummer Dan. Family members say that he lived by the motto, quote, always stop and smell the roses, unquote. Now, despite being super talented in music, this is not the career that Daniel chose for himself. Instead, he had become an executive at an IT consulting company. So he had a really, really badass job that took him on some trips. He was able to travel. He also had built quite a successful career and he used that to fund kind of an exciting life for himself and for his three kids. Now, he lived in a home in the 8400 block of Dunphy Court in Las Vegas, a street lined with spacious modern homes interspersed with palm trees. Definitely the kind of neighborhood that people would dream of moving into. He shared this home with a cat named Orange. That's a good name for a cat. I actually was going to say the opposite. I thought it was (laughs) sort of a lazy name. I'm assuming this cat must be Orange. I would, uh, that would make sense, yeah. And I feel like he just, he got a cat, maybe the kids helped, and they were just like, what are we going to call this Orange cat? I know. Orange. Yeah, it's the same kind of naming process that goes into naming cats like boots whenever they have like the little different colored feet. Yeah, I was going to say, no offense, Aaron, but I don't feel like you should be able to give cat advice for names because you had a cat named Pet. And that is the (laughs) like laziest name besides cat. (laughs) What's your cat's name? Pet? Yes. Well, there was a story behind it, but yes, it's not the most creative name ever. Definitely. Well, neither is orange, no offense, people. Uh, But I'm sure this cat is adorable because they all are. Now, despite all of his financial success, Daniel had not had a fortunate time in the love department. He did share custody of his three kids with his first ex-wife. Notice I said first, there will be more than one. And their split had not been amicable. Although two of his children named Dana and Jordan were entering adulthood at 17 and 18 years old, and could make decisions for themselves about where they wanted to live. Daniel was still fighting hard to keep the custody of his youngest daughter, 16-year-old Sierra. Daniel had been co-parenting with his ex-wife, former Nevada State Senator Elizabeth Helglian, formerly Halseth, who'd recently remarried. In 2020, Daniel and Elizabeth fought bitterly over their children in a long custody battle, and it wasn't the first time the couple had a contentious court battle, because back in 2011, she made domestic violence allegations against Daniel during their split, and he later pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges of coercion and battery in that case. Oh, wow. Yes, and these charges stem from an incident where Daniel took Elizabeth's phone and purse while confronting her about his jealousy over suspicions she might be having an affair. During that argument, Daniel roughly touched Elizabeth, though no details were provided to the press about the nature of this touching. But it definitely sounds like something totally inappropriate. And although Daniel admitted he wanted to scare Elizabeth, he later claimed the incident was meant as a joke. Now, to everyone listening... That is not how that works. Yeah, anytime somebody's like, oh, I was joking, like, that's not Mm -hmm. what was happening. It was a red flag. That's a red flag. Yes, it is. And you cannot hurt people as a joke. I feel like we should know that by now. And scaring your partner is also not a joke. Absolutely. I want to make it clear that I think that is abusive. And I don't know exactly what happened, obviously, because they do not just, like, print that (laughs) in the paper. Yeah, yeah. 
But it does sound like something alarming did happen that day. And I feel like he admits to grabbing her and taking her phone and things. I know he's jealous because she probably was cheating based on the fact that she moved with her current husband pretty much immediately after they split. So that's sort of a red flag. But if your spouse is cheating on you, the correct response is divorcing them or counseling, I guess. That is true. Yeah. Don't assault them. That's not okay. That's correct. (laughs) The official position of the show is don't assault people or murder them. (laughs) That's right. Bad acts approved. While they initially tried to attend counseling for this incident at their church, after, of course, the fear incident, uh, the couple did soon split. And for those charges that he pled to, he received six months probation, a fine, or community service, and was ordered to attend anger management classes and stay away from Elizabeth. After this divorce, Elizabeth temporarily moved the three children to Alaska to be with her boyfriend. This is the man that she later married. And this move had been the thing that Daniel was trying trying to stop and later he said that she overplayed the domestic violence claims so that she could actually take the kids out of state when he opposed it even though there's not really any necessarily any proof of that but despite this history of domestic violence which is obviously not a great time in his history according to friends and family he was a great father and he did fight very hard to keep his children and there is a lot of documented evidence that they had some good times together However, in August 2020, a judge ordered that Sierra move back in with Elizabeth because Daniel broke the terms of their custody agreement. It's not explained what he did, but I'm kind of wondering if he just kept her too long since she was at her father's house when Elizabeth had previously been awarded custody of Sierra. Yeah, that makes sense. However, though, despite being ordered back to her mother's house, the teens still saw her father quite often based on their social media presences because they posted so many photos together. Meanwhile, Elizabeth wasn't Daniel's only ex-wife. He'd also married Bogdana Houseth after his split from Elizabeth, but their marriage hadn't worked out either. They divorced in 2019 after a seven-year marriage. However, he and Bogdana remained on good terms and even still shared a bank account. And this would become important later because she is on his bank account. She is able to see a lot of transactions that she wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. Okay. Like many teens, 16-year-old Sierra didn't have the best relationship with her parents at the moment, especially after that custody fight. She felt like her parents didn't let her do the things she wanted, especially when it came to the love of her life. Oh, boy. In summer 2020, Sierra fell for 18-year-old Aaron Guerrero. Sierra and Aaron got caught up in a whirlwind of puppy love from June to December 2020. However, Sierra's parents became concerned about the relationship when they discovered a secret plan. Oh, no. Yes, we have a secret plan, people. Now, I feel like all of us at 16 have had our whirlwind romances, right? I mean, it's called summer love for a reason. (laughs) And if you're lucky, or as I actually would say, as a grown adult who's been through this, unlucky, your summer love stretches into the fall and sort of dominates your entire school year that year. (laughs) And that is clearly what is happening for Sierra. In my opinion, she's probably missing out on a lot of great new people (laughs) because she's only 16. And I feel like all of the greatest new uh, people come into your life, right, in your latter years of high school. And I don't mean that forever, people. I just mean in terms of, like, getting to know yourself. 
I personally was always making the mistake of getting into relationships in school that I tried to make work like that was going to ever happen (laughs) and just missing out on opportunities to date a bunch of randos, which I think would have been cooler. Yeah. 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 So if you're a teen listening, definitely go date as many people as you can because it's high school. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do not make the mistake that Sierra makes, which is considering this person whose name happens to be Aaron to be her forever, even though she met him when she was 16. So the special plan is this. The teens plan to run away from home and go to Los Angeles, which obviously concerns Sierra's parents. I do have some questions for them. I think it really shows the maturity level that they thought that it was a a good idea to run away from home and support themselves at 16 and 18, but also a good idea to specifically go to Los Angeles which is so, so, so expensive. Yeah, for real. That's a terrible plan. Yes, like actual adults with savings accounts like go broke in Los Angeles trying to make it. Oh, yeah. They go broke fast, too. Yeah, and these are some kids. So I don't know if this is the best plan, but this is what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, so when Sierra's parents find out about it, they immediately call Aaron's parents as well and let them know what the, what's going on. And both sets of parents are alarmed because they really care about their kids and want the best for them. And both sets of parents together agree that they have to break up this couple and just help guide their children on to better decision making. Right. But in a story as old as time, Sierra and Aaron weren't about to let go of their budding romance. Instead, they kept their relationship going in secret. Of course. Yes. Now, remember, Sierra's been dealing with this custody fight between her parents. And this conflict seemingly made it easier to sneak around with Aaron. Yep. Their parents are probably distracted. She probably has more time to do that kind of thing. Yes, because between December and April, Sierra and Aaron continued their planning and also put the steps in place to run away together. In April 2021, Sierra was staying in her father's home when he suddenly stopped responding to friends, family, and co-workers. His phone went totally silent on April 7th, 2021. That's not a good sign. No. And when he didn't show up for work, his employer tried to reach him but got no response. And soon, his family started calling him, too. Even his ex-wives tried to get a hold of him. When Elizabeth called Sierra to check on her father, Sierra initially told her mother that Daniel was in the shower. However, Sierra also soon stopped responding to calls and texts. Family and friends immediately started wondering what was wrong. Daniel wasn't the type of guy to just go off the map, so they did everything to get a hold of him. However, most of his family, including his mother, actually lived in Oregon. So it's not like they could just drive to his house to check. Right. Yes. Meanwhile, as this is all going on, his second ex-wife, Bogdana, called Daniel's mother to report something extremely suspicious. While checking their shared bank account, she noticed some weird charges. There were three different recent ATM withdrawals, all from different locations. And someone removed a total of $1,300 before the ATMs began flagging the transactions as possible fraud. More concerning, 16-year-old Sierra still couldn't be reached. Where could the father and daughter be, right? I wonder. Well, around 48 hours after she last heard from Daniel, his mother, Christine Halseth, who lives in Oregon, called 911 on April 9th to report her son missing. She asked police to do a welfare check to make sure he was okay. Christine told police she'd been unable to reach Sierra, too. And in one text, Christine had actually said to Sierra, quote, I really need to talk to your dad. 
I'm concerned about him, unquote. But Sierra never responded. Unfortunately, Christine wouldn't have to wait long to find out what happened to her son. Because that same day, on April 9th, Daniel's landlord, Peggy Newman, who was also his friend, went to check on Daniel. She'd been receiving calls from Christine as well and wanted to help out. And since she owned the house, it was okay for her to go inside. So Peggy invited a friend to go with her to check out the house on Dunphy Court. Nothing could have prepared them for what they found. When they got there, Peggy and her friend entered the home and noticed signs of a fire. As they checked out the damage, they found Daniel's badly burned body in his garage. In a 911 call, the unidentified friend told the dispatcher that the fire seemed to be a few days old because of the state of Daniel's body. However, there were no signs of Sierra in the home, and at that point, police needed to find the teen. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we we believe believe you. you. As it turns out, Sierra had skipped town with her boyfriend, Aaron, on April 8th, the day before the landlord found Daniel's body. The pair packed up Daniel's blue Nissan Altima and drove off into the sunset. Surveillance footage actually caught the pair leaving the neighborhood together in the vehicle, starting their life on the run. That's so sad. I mean, it's you hate to see a story like that, you know? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. such a bad idea, and yeah, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, so this is how they decided to make their plan to run away a reality. They killed her father and stole his car. Now, I really am confused about why they chose to kill her father specifically, because from my understanding of all of the reports about this crime, it appears her mother had primary custody, So I'm not sure why they would target the father and not the mother. Not that I'm rooting for any of these poor people to be murdered. It just seems strange. I I do wonder if they thought it would be easier to steal his stuff. Because they were able to take out that $1,300 from the bank. And possibly thought they were going to get out more. And they had access to his car. Maybe they thought the mother's stuff would be noticed missing earlier. That makes sense. Or maybe she just lived with other people. Because, you know, Sierra does have two older siblings, a 17-year-old and 18-year-old sibling. So maybe they just would have found Elizabeth faster? Could be. There might have been a better chance of getting caught. Yeah, I just, that's one of the things that stands out to me about this case, is it's unclear to me why she targeted her father from the get-go. Yeah, I'm not understanding the motive Mm -hmm. specifically for the dad. Yes, now police began investigating Sierra's movements right away, because they're starting to be suspicious for reasons I think are obvious. And they discovered something alarming. Shortly before the discovery of Daniel's body, Sierra and Aaron purchased a full murder kit from multiple big box stores including a circular saw, blades, bleach, lighter fluid, disposable gloves, and drop cloths. Police recovered both surveillance video and receipts showing both teams purchasing supplies in a Home Depot and a Winco, at times together and at times individually. Man, people got to stop buying these murder kits. I mean, Mm -hmm. you might as well just like Mm -hmm. write the police a note and it's like, hey, I'm about to kill somebody. Yes, 
Now, I'm wondering if they targeted Daniel partially because they thought they could get rid of his body and make it look like he ran off. Because you'll notice the purchase of quite a lot of Saul's. <laughs> Indeed. Like, it yes. sounds like they're planning to cut up the body. Mm-hmm. So we have some red flags perking up immediately. And I, I do want to point out that they were technically smart enough to buy a few items at different stores. But I think we can all agree that the smartest decision is just not to murder. That is correct. Like, even if you buy all of your murder supplies at different stores, they are still going to catch you, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, the only way they wouldn't is if you, like, Mm -hmm. spread it out over, like, years, you know, or you, like, buy one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like... I mean, don't do that, but that could possibly work. It could possibly work, but, like... Yeah, if you already had a bunch of saws from, like, your job or something. Yeah, but, like, that's just such a messed up thing that, like... Yes, and their surveillance fit like video everywhere i don't understand how people don't realize that they're going to find you on video exactly i mean they're gonna put it together exactly that's just i mean just a tip just maybe don't murder yeah easiest easiest decision that you could do yeah don't have to get rid of a body if you don't kill anyone that's right that's where we are at this point now upon entering the home police immediately noticed a large burn area and blood stains in the living room. The entire room also smelled like lighter fluid. Police found the Sauls in the home with Daniel's partially dismembered body, and there were actually pieces of flesh still in the salty. Jesus, that's gruesome. Yes. These Sauls included a chainsaw, a handsaw, and a circular saw, and they also found two bloody knives. That's messed up. Despite the discarded tools, authority also noticed evidence of a cleanup. So, based on this investigation, here's what police figured out. They concluded that the killer or most likely killers, because they were two murder weapons, stabbed Daniel to death. Then attempted to dismember his body with all of these souls. Realized they could not dismember the body. Tried to clean up the crime scene with bleach. And then just lit everything on fire to cover up the crime. Yeah, it seems that... Uh, disposing of a body was much harder than they thought it was going to be. Definitely. Definitely a lot harder. Which makes sense because I feel like anyone could rationally see that disposing of a body would be hard. I get that they're teens, but I don't know. I feel like there's never a point that you should think, wow, you know it's going to be so easy? Getting rid of a body. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, the level of difficulty there is just really, really high. Uh, of doing it without getting caught, I mean. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings... From haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Definitely. One other thing I wanted to point out is that they are also really bad at setting fires because they did try to burn down the house to cover up the crime, which to be fair, I think would only get it discovered faster. 
But because they were bad at setting fires, it just sort of went out pretty much immediately and just scorched parts of the home. <laughs> See, here, I was actually st- starting to wonder how they had burned the body without burning the house down. And I was starting to be impressed thinking, man, these guys had some kind of really cool plan for burning no. this body. But it turns out they were just really bad at it. Maybe, or maybe they did. <laughs> maybe I'm giving them not enough credit. I will say, though, they used lighter fluid. And you and I personally, Aaron, have... <laughs> had an experience with lighter fluid and it's not as easy as it seems to set fires with it yeah it burns for like a like a short period of time yes. and then it like goes out and a that's big it. flame we yeah. have a fire pit and we tried the first time we lit that fire oh my goodness we had put so much good kindling in there and we had wood at the bottom we're feeling super excited about this fire and we we couldn't get to light so i got some lighter fluid that i found in our garage that the previous owners of this townhouse had used and i grabbed the lighter fluid thinking okay solutions i poured lighter fluid into there i lit it and poof fire i'm like yes i almost died but i got it and then that fire went out almost immediately so sad this went on for a while people There's a video series of us somewhere on the internet trying to start this fire. We did eventually get it going, but I'm wondering if that's what happened to them. They were putting the lighter fluid out and thinking, oh, it's just going to catch fire. And then immediately, no. Exactly. That sounds very likely. Yes. So also, I guess, don't use lighter fluid for your fires. (laughs) Not going to work, guys. Fire tips with Aaron and Daniel. Yes. um, Do not use lighter fluid for that. (laughs) It only works temporarily. Now, shortly after the gruesome discovery, Guerrero's parents actually arrived on the scene. This is the boyfriend, Aaron Guerrero, looking for their son. They told police that Aaron had disappeared the day before and they were worried because he'd been dating Sierra Halseth. And I have to say, that has to be so freaking scary to hear about a murder of your son's girlfriend's parent and then think, oh my God, my son is missing. What if he's dead? Yeah, that's got to be freaking you out. Or it's also possible they are worried that he was the perpetrator. I just feel like if you're the parents, though, you have to be in denial, right? I would think so. I would be all kinds of in denial, I feel like. Yeah, like my first instinct would be like something happened to my kid Mm -hmm. and not my kid did something. For reals, for reals. So at that point, the parents also told the police that Daniel had been struggling with Sierra around the time of the murder, specifically concerning her relationship with Aaron. Police were starting to put together a picture of what may have happened in the Halseth home. And while police searched for the teens, Daniel's body went to the medical examiner's office. Now, this medical examiner found quote-unquote sharp force injuries. And so they ruled the death a homicide. Now, I do have to say the dismemberment and burning also scream murder to me. That's right, yeah. He didn't, like, accidentally set himself on fire. Yes, and dismember himself. Right. (laughs) Although, to be fair, technically you could die by accident and then be dismembered. But I don't think that usually happens that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Now, based on this medical examination, authorities agree that Sierra and Aaron stabbed Daniel to death and then tried to dismember him. And, of course, then set that fire. So, police started tracking the teens out of the state. Now, they were started in Las Vegas, but they made it really far, considering. They actually were on the lam, essentially, for an entire week until police tracked them down in Salt Lake City, Utah. They actually got arrested on accident. So they might could have made it further if they just would have had a better plan or if they had used part of that $1,300 to pay for transportation. Because the way that they got arrested is that they got on the light rail transit train 
in Salt Lake City and did not pay for tickets. Oh, no. Yes. So, if for anyone who's used light rail, you know, the a lot of times you can just hop on and off, but they have transit police who come and check randomly to see if people have tickets. So, it just so happens that the transit police checked on their train car and they had to admit, no, they did not pay for tickets. So, police took them into custody. And while they were in custody, police looked over at them and said, hey, <laughs> these two are the suspects in that murder over in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we got them. We got them. We got them, y'all. So they did send them back to Nevada. Authorities charged Sierra and Aaron with open murder. Now, in case you're wondering, what the crap is open murder? I was wondering that. Yes. There are some benefits to this charge because what it allows is for the jury to decide if the suspect is guilty of first-degree murder, second-degree murder, voluntary manslaughter, or involuntary manslaughter. I got you. So it's just like a, a catch-all murder charge. Yes, and I really think it makes sense to just make all of them open murder because this way the jury can hear the evidence and decide based on the evidence and the arguments at trial what charge is most applicable. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we've seen too many cases where the prosecutor, for instance, will go for first-degree murder saying that there's planning, but if the jury decides, no, like we've heard the evidence, there's no planning here, they can just get acquitted of first-degree murder because really they are not guilty of that. They're Guilty of second degree are like manslaughter. Yep, exactly. So it actually makes total sense to use this open murder thing if you can. Yeah, it's a good idea. Prosecutors plan to try both of them as adults, which I think we expect. I mean, obviously Aaron is an adult. He's 18. Technically, I mean, obviously we still view him as a child, but he's technically an adult legally. Yep. But Sierra is only 16, but I mean, this is a really gruesome crime and most 16-year-olds who murder are tried as adults. Yep. The pair are currently fighting the charges. That's surprising. I know. I was surprised too, but I feel like it's because, A, I, I believe the Halsets can definitely afford to fight these charges. I'm assuming the Guerreros must be able to as well. And I guess if your kid murders someone, I mean, I guess you fight them. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, you would think you'd have to have some kind of plausible reason to think you could win, right? Like, why mm -hmm. fight a legal battle that you know you're not going to win? Yeah, I have a theory because, as you know from me telling you just a few minutes ago, Daniel Halseth did plead guilty to some domestic violence-related charge charges in his ex-wife's situation there when they were getting through that split. And I'm wondering if maybe that's their plan. I mean, that's what I would do, just being honest. Obviously, don't murder. But I feel like if I had a kid who murdered, I mean, I'm not just going to, like, not help the kid. It depends on what they did. Uh, if it was really, really bad. But I feel like in most cases, parents are going to try to help their kid. And I have a feeling that they're going to argue domestic violence as a motive. Yeah, they're going to argue, like, self-defense, basically. Mm -hmm. Maybe not self-defense, but I do think they're going to try to argue that. Which I feel like it's really hard to believe because... So many people said such good things about him as a father. And there's like so many pictures of them together doing things together and being so happy. And I know that people, pictures can lie. I know that. And, and I just ha find it hard to believe though that you have all these other things that indicate that he was a good father and that he really cared about his kids. And I don't believe that that's what happened. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely to me. I mean, I'm obviously not an expert and people should definitely like listen at the trial, but... That's just my personal opinion based on what I have seen. Yeah. Now, Sierra's family hired private defense attorney Michael Sampf, while Aaron is represented by Gabriel Grasso, who is actually famous because he represented OJ in his legal defense in his 2007 Las Vegas trial. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so we have some, like, heavy hitters stepping up to the plate here. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I do not think that they are going to be doing pleas. I did check today, hoping to see if there would be, like, a plea deal or any kind of information. But they've just had their initial hearings and are currently waiting to find out when their trials and stuff would be. Yeah, you're right, though. I don't think you bring in OJ's lawyer unless you're planning to fight. Oh, yeah, for realsies. Now, as of late April 2021, Sierra and Aaron were in custody without bond. And they intended their first hearing in the case on Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. And we will definitely be keeping you updated on the outcome of these trials. And I'm not done yet because I do have a sad thing and then a less sad thing to tell you about this case. The sad thing is that on a social media post on December 16th, coinciding with Sierra's 16th birthday, Daniel wrote, quote, Through so much adversity, pain, in ways I can't share... You've come to be so beautiful and lovely. It makes me happy to call you daughter, unquote. Oh, that's so sad. I know, and then she probably murdered him. That's so sad. Yes, and then also in a less sad moment, Now, I'm not the only person to pick up on this, so uh, other person, reporter person that also picked up on this, uh, kudos. Uh, there, I read the obituary for Daniel, which is where I got some of the information about him as a, like what his hobbies were and things like that. And I noticed that whoever wrote it in the survivors, they said that he survived by two loving children and then listed <laughs> the other two siblings and then totally left off Sierra. And I was just like, damn, some obituary shade. Yeah. And I will say we have done another case where the daughter killed her father, the one with the mummy movie. Right. Yeah. The daughter like legitimately had a mental health breakdown and she killed her father. I don't think she realized she was doing it. But they included her in the obituary for her father that she know, they know she murdered. Like, her mom watched her do it. <laughs> and, and I just thought it was ironic that they, the family here was just like, no. <laughs> like, you are not going in that obituary. Yep. I have a feeling that it was, like, his family that must have made it. <laughs> it sounds likely, 100%. Yeah. I've, I feel bad for laughing at that, but when I saw that, it did... No, it's funny. I mean, that's a good burn. Yeah, just not even that two children. It just two loving children. <laughs> I just, um, I read it in like all caps or like italics of like, they're the loving ones. Can't say anything else about the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just crazy, 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 crazy. It's such a sad story, though, and we are happy that you listened with us today. Please, again, consider supporting the show over on Patreon at backslash badxpod or at buymeacoffee.com backslash badxpod. We do have social media accounts where you can get in touch with us. We are most active on Instagram, but we do have a Facebook and a Twitter. Our handle is at badxpod. Uh, we do have an email as well. If you would like to contact us with suggestions or feedback or notes or I don't know, anything you want really, our email is badaxpod at gmail.com. And finally, we have a website. Aaron, tell them the website. It's badaxpod.com, guys. I know, so original. I bet you were expecting something else. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you have a phenomenal week this week and a great weekend. Super, super fun times. We will see you again soon. Thank you for listening and bye-bye. Bye.